So I forgot my glasses this morning. You can sit down. Yeah. I forgot my glasses this morning giving this sermon, so I have them just in case. I'm getting to that stage where I'm in between, and the print makes a big difference. A paradigm shift. I think we all know what a paradigm shift is. Uh, yesterday, last night, I was recording, I had recorded a game of Notre Dame and Navy in, in Dublin, and you know, there's a time in a game, and it goes on, uh, and uh, you know that everything has shifted, and you know who's going to win. It certainly happens when they bring on their backup quarterback. Is that the right term? Quarterback? Yeah. Okay. I'm more attuned to rugby and soccer than I am to American football. So when they bring on their reserves, then you know things have shifted. There's a game of golf on today, and there'll be a moment when the cameras will all shift to one person. Eventually, all the attention will become on them, and you know there has been a paradigm shift. Very likely, the one they're giving attention to is going to be the one to win the game of golf. Unfortunately, there can be paradigm shift in our own lives as well. Sometimes it can be for good, and sometimes it can be for difficult times. For example, if somebody is diagnosed with a very bad illness, that paradigm shift absorbs the whole family, and it is a very difficult and trying time for them. On the other hand, perhaps there will be a paradigm shift for good if somebody's getting married, there's excitement, buying dresses and booking the venue and getting ready for the wedding. That can be a paradigm shift for good as well. So where I'm going with this is there was a paradigm shift in the life of Jesus, and it happened at his baptism. He was moved to go to the Jordan at the very spot where the people of Israel entered into the Promised Land, and he was baptized. And the paradigm shift happened when he was baptized. There was a beautiful line that he came out of the water. And by coming out of the water, he was coming away, leaving behind everything that had brought disaster, division, hatred, anger, resentment, the brokenness among the people of Israel. He left that behind. And then the heavens opened and stayed open that connecting, for the first time ever, there is a permanent connection between God and humanity. And at that moment, the voice spoke and said, You are my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. So the new paradigm shift was the belovedness of, of, of every human being, that God dwells in every human being. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit dwells within us. And that dwelling within us is a dwelling that is a dwelling of belovedness. So when they ask the question, who do people say that I am? Peter gets it right when he says, you are God's beloved child. You are the Messiah. You are God in our midst, a God who is a beloved being a God who brings and makes us beloved beings as well. Now that has to go on. Um, and that is so important. Uh, the heavens opened and did not close again. And then that is why when Jesus began his ministry, the first words he said to the people were, Repent, for the kingdom of God is among you. 
That wasn't saying, oh, give up your old sins. Stop gossiping. Stop uh, telling lies. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. No. It was much more fundamental than that. It was, repent was change your understanding of God and change your understanding of yourself. Have a paradigm shift within you. So many people, I hear them saying, oh, when I get into heaven. Uh-uh, uh-uh. God is as close to you now as he will be when you're in heaven. Because God dwells right inside of you, at the very core of your being. So change. God is always with you. God is always present to you. God dwells in you. Make your home in me as I have made mine in you. And that journey to discovering that presence will let you discover your belovedness. And it is the longest journey you will ever make. It's a beautiful journey. Repenting and believing is an adventure that permeates all of our life. And it will take us forever to get there, but we'll get there piece by piece. And that is what is happening in the, in the gospel of today. Peter sees that in Jesus. He sees that he is the Messiah, the one who, who will dwell by his passion, death, resurrection, and ascension, dwell in every human being that exists. And that is, uh, that is what Jesus is saying. He's looking for a new humanity, a new way of being human. That's what Jesus came to do. In the bill. He wanted to form a new people, a new civilization, a new way of being human. What God ultimately wants through his son Jesus is that everybody will become a friend of God. And friendship with God is the most equal and intimate of all relationships. And this is what Jesus wants to do. He wants to create a people of friendship, people who are friendly, friend, in friends with God. And in that, in because of that, and knowing that, they will be friendly towards other people as well, irrespective of who they are. Not division, not hatred, not that evil that is experienced in, in Jacksonville. If everybody knew that they were a friend of God, then they would relate to every human being in a radically different way also, irrespective of who they are. And that is what Jesus is saying, if you get this right in yourself, if you pay attention to it, then the gates of hell can never hold against it. It's an unstoppable force because we are aligned with the force of God in creation and the force of God in our world as well. So my friends, this is a beautiful gospel. It is one that is, uh, you know, union replaces separation. Pleasure replaces anger. Repent, the first words of Jesus. Change your understanding of God and self. So the invitation as, the invitation to each one of us is an invitation to go within ourselves, to journey into the core of our being, and to dare discover a tremendous peace, a tremendous joy, a tremendous beauty that, that can be part of our lives. There is this, uh, just as an aside, I wasn't going to mention this, but it is something that is quite remarkable. They said that the mystics and the saints who experienced it in their lives, it was so powerful 
that they actually elevated, they were lifted up from where they were sitting. It was so powerful experiencing that in their lives. Now, I don't think we're going to get there, especially. I hope you're not going to do it while I'm preaching, <laughs> but maybe. <laughs> but it, is, it, is, it's, it, it, it goes to show you the power that exists within each one of us. And it is the power to become, to enter into friendship with God and into friendship with everybody else in the world as well.